Hello! Welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay, and with me, as always, is Amanda. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm, I'm good. I almost kind of jokingly started as wanted to start as though I was running a YouTube channel, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's to say if any of this is real? Who's to say if anything's real? <laughs> That's just... That's just too real. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we have our uh, wild card pick, which was Amanda's pick, which is uh, a movie called We're All Going to the World's Fair from 2021. Yes. And uh, continues the trend. <laughs> of, totally unintentionally. Of movies picked by Amanda. I that have fewer than four people in the main cast. I have never seen this movie before and assumed she would at least have a scene where she's like in school yeah, with no, friends. Nope, no, mm-mm. no, no, no. Uh, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> one to talk about for a number of reasons. Um, yes. it, is not on, it is not on our list, mm-hmm. but it, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if I actually ever checked. It is not. It is not on our list. I, I wasn't sure. I didn't actually check because the reason that yeah. I say that the reason I wasn't sure is because it has a 91% Rotten Tomato score. Yes. So when I when I was thinking about picking this, I remember checking um, if it was on our list and not seeing it. But that was several months ago when mm-hmm. I first started kind of toying with the idea of doing this one. And then I also, after I already declared this was going to be mine, saw the Rotten Tomato score and went, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that it's on the list. It, uh, it has a 91% Rotten Tomato score and uh-huh. a 24% uh-huh. audience score. <laughs> so this was this was interesting because yes. I um getting into have we seen it before? I had not yeah. seen it. I had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, st- I did not watch a trailer or anything before. This is probably oh. the one movie on the list that I've gone into with zero knowledge of. I feel like I should be apologizing to you right. No, now. I'm actually I'm actually happy that I did. Oh good. Because um because if you had, you wouldn't have wanted to watch it. Well, no, because you know, it, I uh, the the IMDb score is like five point three, which right. is not great. It's not great, but I feel like for for horror movies off of the list that we're working off of, it's also mm-hmm. not terrible. Yeah, IMDb is really skewed in weird ways. Yeah, like the, usually, at least with horror movies, yeah, if you're sub six, there's a good chance it's still pretty good. Right, it's just not being voted high by people who frequent imdb right because they i don't want to generalize but i think they all have a basic kind of thing they like and yes. it ain't this yes um <clears throat> but i was very fascinated by this because very highly rated very mm-hmm. low rated by audience scores mm-hmm. and so i was looking for stuff on the movie and found some reviews L- a lot of places gave it great reviews yeah. but then i went to the source because of the kind of movie this is and i pulled up reddit <laughs> and there were some really interesting things on Reddit. Hmm. A lot of a lot of things about like uh, alternate histories that I really want to get into about like you know uh, the the Titanic sinking being a Babylonian no, blood ritual. No, no, and, no, no. Uh, no. You are not turning this. Did into, you know that Rome you didn't are exist? Not this Rome into never a existed. Conspiracy theory podcast. Oh, it's going to get there it's eventually. Not, it is not. It is not. <laughs> unless you let me start doing you know deep readings and. All Let's sorts do it. of things. Let's from- do it. Let's get weird. <laughs> um, no, so I, I looked. At, I looked up. I looked the movie up on Reddit because I was curious what people were like 
actually had to say. And um, there was a lot of the people who didn't like it, like disliked it for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah. Top of the list, it was, it's boring. Yep. Uh, it is art school bullshit. Yep. And it doesn't make any sense. That sounds like me to a T. <laughs> but the thing that I found really interesting, and I and I pulled these out because I wanted to read some of these verbatim when we when we get into it. Oh boy! Is um, the people who didn't like the movie? I'm going to try not to get like too much on a soapbox about this. Okay. But there are people who didn't like the movie because they didn't feel like it explained enough stuff. Oh, interesting. And like in ways that are fascinating to me because they are very they're kind of commenting it's kind of proving the movie to me a little bit Mm. because a a lot of some of the people were like i don't even know what the rules of the game were how come there was no lore about the game and it's like you're kind of missing the point like you're kind of proving the point of this the movie totally i definitely want to talk about this kind of stuff because i encountered some of that as well yeah and so and also it's a larger thing of like i i i um I, I worry about media literacy yes. for people, and uh, especially I, I find it kind of shocking how many people don't know how stories work anymore. Yes, and think that there should be a clear set of rules and parameters right. spelled out that the movie or TV show or what what have you then adheres to very clearly throughout. Right, and you know, uh, you, you could get into the the idea of whether depiction is, is equal to consent, which is a whole different mm. can of worms that mm-hmm. I have thoughts about. Um, but it is, it is interesting to me how something like this, which I think gives you a lot of stuff to chew on. Yes. Can get swept under the rug and dismissed because people think there isn't anything there worth chewing on. Right. Or it's not immediate enough for people. Yeah, there's not enough clear moments of action and like it's it's not This movie doesn't really take a stance on no, things. No. It doesn't. It doesn't really say the internet is bad or the internet is good or you know, being a young adult and having unlimited access to the internet and unsupervised time in in it is good or bad or being an adult adult for that matter right right this movie really kind of refuses to make a moral judgment Mm. about pretty much anything yeah but before we get too deep into that how did you come across this um it was one of those things where my uh handy dandy algorithm just started feeding me shit about it (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean when when like your your... every movie you watch only has two people i guess so i guess i should have known going into this that that you know i don't know bill gates and 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 whoever runs the algorithms at google have me really coded out yeah um, if they make ever make a movie that's like My Dinner with Andre, but it's just Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, <laughs> they're going to nail that algorithm just for you. No, no, it'd have to be Michael Myers. Okay, that's fair. You just sit there in silence That would the be whole amazing. Time. That would actually be really good. Uh, 90 minutes of the two of them staring Michael at each Myers other. Michael Myers and yeah. Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers and Jason just staring at each other over a table. Yes. I'd put that on in the background instead of one of those like holiday fireplaces. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. That's a really good idea. <laughs> just have them with a fireplace in between them. Imagine if they had done... <laughs> This has gone so far off the rails so fast. That's okay. Uh, imagine if instead of Freddy versus Jason, mm-hmm. they had done Jason versus Michael. Oh 
And then at the middle of the movie, at like the the high tension point, Uh you get that scene from Heat with Pacino and De Niro meeting at a diner. But it's Michael and Jason just shot reverse shot of silence for like five minutes. (laughs) But the same pacing as the scene from Heat. Yes. Yes. And then after that, you go, holy shit, that was amazing. (laughs) I would. I would say that. Yeah. Um, no, so so I kind of came across this via just like the internet, you mm-hmm. know, just like I I saw it come up on a couple lists of like, you know, indie horror movies you should check out or like new to streaming mm-hmm. kind of things. I think I get one of those like, I think like the New York Times sometimes puts together like a like sh- they do like a genre movie Wednesday thing, mm-hmm. and I think I saw something on that, and it was just like this is interesting, and like the image really caught my eye. Yeah. Um, the sort of cover image that this movie uses. And then I read the summary and it kind of ticked a bunch of weird boxes for me mm-hmm. of like weird, lonely teenage girl on the internet role playing. That was like Say me no more. when I was a child. So yeah. I was like, hey, this sounds really interesting. The cover looks really creepy. I want to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you didn't come across it. No, I didn't. I actually, uh, one of our listeners, um, sent me on twitter a Mm. link to a i think it's a bfi list of horror movies it was like Mm. one great horror movie from every year going back Mm. to 1920 or something oh yeah and the choice for 2021 was this movie that's fascinating and i even then i did not read the blurb (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to go in completely cold and you did and you came out completely cold i was just (laughs) Don't outshall at me. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for too long together. Colder than Thanksgiving leftovers. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but yeah, we're going to take a quick break and play the trailer for you, and then we are going to talk about it. Hey guys, Casey here. Welcome to my channel. Today I'm going to be taking the World's Fair Challenge. So... You want to join the internet's scariest online horror game. We can't be held responsible for what you become. All you have to do to get started is take the challenge. I don't know what to expect. I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the World's Fair. watching myself on a TV all the way across the room. They're getting closer. I think I'm turning into something terrible. I'm inside the video through the computer. It's gotten worse. I need to figure out what's going on. I can feel the forces of the fair pulling you in closer. I see you there, even if you won't show your face. I swear, someday soon, I am just gonna disappear. And you won't have any idea what happened to me. 
Okay, we're all going for to the World's Fair. You know how little I knew about this movie? Yeah. Every time I tried to write the title down, I had to look it up because I always <laughs> thought it was everyone's going to the World Fair. That's fair. It's close enough, yeah. but you know, I didn't want to be completely wrong. Uh, everyone's <laughs> We're all going to the World's Fair, directed by Jane Schoenbrunn, written by Jane Schoenbrunn, starring Anna Cobb, Michael J. Rogers, and that's it. That's pretty much it. Yep. No other on-screen actor. Well, unless you count the YouTube people, but yeah. we don't. Um, Nobody Ama- counts the YouTube people. No, no. Amanda, what happens in We're All Going to the World's Fair? Reality and fantasy begin to blur when an isolated teenager immerses herself in an online role-playing horror game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this is one that, as I was saying before we started, I feel like the the... The synopsis could be one sentence or it could be like three paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. I was joking that like I was going to start reading a summary that was like, Casey, a young girl who's depressed after her mother died tragically six Mm -hmm. years ago, Mm -hmm. lives in a small town in Wisconsin and like give all this context just to freak you out to be like, we watch different movies. Because when you said that, I was like, whoa, wait, her her mother died? (laughs) Wait a minute. Did you read the novelization or something? No. Um, no, that's all just yeah, me you don't, you don't know what happens to anybody yes. outside of her, which is um, um, interesting. But some things you will find in this movie include. Yes. Uh, and this is a quote from our friend Laura. So all, all credit to Laura for this one. Mm-hmm. Dystopian shots of bleak suburbia. Yes. What other shots of suburbia are there really? <laughs> but that was perfect phrasing because these yeah. ones are especially bleak. Yes. By design. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. It has... All of the shots of suburbia are those like <clears throat> shots off of like a highway overpass shots. Yes. Where it's like a highway, a bridge, and like an old Kmart. Yeah. And and it's a highway sort of like one of those local highways. Right. Where it's like, yeah, there's an old Kmart and the car dealership and a, and a big old Walmart yep. and then just nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll also find the terror of the YouTube autoplay function. Yeah, I I mean, you could probably make a pretty tense horror movie based just on if you did a screen record yeah. and let your YouTube autoplay function run. Oh, yeah. Because eventually- You're going to get into some weird shit. We're going to start seeing stuff about the Titanic sinking being a Babylonian <laughs> blood ritual, which you, is something I want to get or into. Or you can run into Teal Swan. What is that? Oh, that's a whole different conversation. Okay. Yeah, we'll, right. take, we'll take that one offline. If anybody wants to educate Clay about Teal Swan- Football player? <laughs> no. Okay. Guru. Oh, okay. Mm. I still don't know. Potential cult leader. Anyway. Oh, perfect. There we go. Yeah, that's in the same. Yeah. I bet they know all about <laughs> the sinking of the Titanic and its reality as a Babylonian she blood might. ritual. She's like the coming of God or something. Perfect. Anyway. It's been about time. You'll also find stomach Tetris. Stomach Tetris. I When he was talking about... Tetris in his stomach, and I thought he was describing heartburn because I was like, "Oh the wow!" Small green pieces give him heartburn. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like, "It's building up. They're stacking," and I could feel it in my throat. I'm like, "Yeah, I, that happens to me every time I have buffalo wings." What about Clay? Uh, some subcutaneous carnival games? No, that's a first. That's a new um, one. Really good looking special effect there. Yeah, I legitimately don't know how they did that. I don't either, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then of course. Mm. Despite the fact that we only ever hear him clomping around downstairs and then yell at his daughter one time. Questionable parenting. Yes. Questionable parenting. Yes. This girl is alone 
all of the time. Yep. And her father does not secure his guns well. No, definitely not. So, questionable no. parenting achieved. So, um, this movie is one of the quotes that I found. I believe this was from an actual review. <laughs> not Reddit. As opposed to a fake review that a conspiracy has created to... Well, I mean, if a conspiracy... Just because a conspiracy creates it doesn't make it fake. Anyway. Um, I thought this summed up my thoughts on this because I... Mm. After we watched it, I wasn't sure if I liked it. I had a lot of thoughts about it. As I've been thinking about... I found myself thinking about it quite a bit afterwards. Mm. And uh, it's one of those movies that really kind of like... If you... If you're on board for what they're going for, I yeah. think it's going to sit with you for a while. Yeah. Um, and the quote that I came across was, we're all going to the World's Fair falls into that lightly cursed category mm-hmm. of a movie that's much scarier and more interesting to think about than watch. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. 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 There's a lot of... I don't... like. I hesitate to say this because I really don't think that this movie was trying to like push any sort of agenda i don't Mm -hmm. think it's trying to like throw certain themes or like any moralizing in your face but there are a lot of deeper concerns running through this movie sure about like mental health and young adulthood and being on the internet and like the responsibility of like parents towards kids there's a lot in this movie that they never put in your face right yeah but if you want to think about it, this movie is a really interesting vehicle for doing that. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that really got me that I was thinking about was the element of what is reality? Is it possible to yeah. ever really know what the reality is? Um being only on one side of the of the the equation as far as the people who are talking to each other mm-hmm. and how the compute the relationships in the yes. digital age are this really weird thing where it's almost like a schrodinger's cat situation yeah. where you can be incredibly quote unquote close to a person mm-hmm. for years yep and then they could just disappear and yeah. you have no idea how to contact them. No idea if they're alive or dead. Yep. Whether or not they existed in the first place, honestly, right, to a right. certain extent. Because who knows who you're talking to, Absolutely. Really. And it's the um, the horror movie. Uh, one of the things we need to get into is, is this mm. a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah, I do want to get into that. And I think the thing that makes it scary to me, or unnerving, I guess, mm. is how it really does kind of accent or emphasize the idea that um well first of all (laughs) how do you feel about Hmm. weird youtube videos or like online kind of like creepypasta type things like this do you find them interesting or do you find them like lame you know it's it's funny because i think i think i used to find them more interesting than i do now Mm -hmm. i feel like there was a period Maybe, mm, I feel very old. There was a period maybe like 10 or even 15 years ago mm-hmm. when I think YouTube was like very much, it wasn't, it was, it was mainstream enough. People knew what YouTube was. People, people used it, but it wasn't quite so 
um like sterilized in the way that it has sure. become in a lot of in a lot of ways where there are like actual children who have like monetized youtube channels and things right, like that right. it, was, it was a little bit before smash all the button like and subscribe exactly yeah. um but there was a period then where there were people doing some of that sort of like creepypasta slender man sort of mm-hmm. stuff and it really success some of them really successfully blurred the lines between like is this real yeah like you could suspend your disbelief enough to say that it was possible somebody was filming some weird creature in the woods behind their house mm-hmm. now i feel like it's it's like kind of built tropes on tropes on tropes sure yeah and and people have kind of turned it into a genre in and of itself in mm-hmm. a very codified way typically like there are i don't know it's just it's just it's it's less interesting to me now I think just because there's so much out there that it's kind of, it gets like insurmountable to me and overwhelming. And I'm just like, I I don't feel like I have the fortitude to wade through the crap to find something that I actually find compelling. So I sort of just stay away from it now. Yeah. I find them interesting because I do think a lot of them are, you know, it's easy to make to, for them to be bad. Yeah. But, um, there are some that I've found, I don't have a ton of experience with them. But there is something about a weird YouTube video that can I can definitely find it to be very scary and unnerving. Oh yeah, and it doesn't even have to be do like the ones I they, I think the early people figured out that mm-hmm. the 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 way to be the scariest is to be have a video that's like a complete non sequitur. Yes, where it's just like if oh this is five minutes of a person eating canned peaches yes and it's like i don't know what this is but it's scary as hell man i don't know what's going on right right and it's called like mom's special baby or something right you know (laughs) and it's just like that video exists it probably does it didn't exist before (laughs) it It exists now but it's like it kind of it's built off the same special baby (laughs) It's kind of built off the same thing as we were talking about with a movie like the like the Innkeepers, yeah, where it forces you to create the scares f- for yourself, yes. Because if you present somebody with something um, that is a com- completely off the wall mm-hmm. and inexplicable, and just let them marinate in it, you start trying to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to be seeing? Right. What is in there? What am I, is real? What isn't? And so you start, it be, starts becoming this thing um, in your own mind. Like yep. um, it's all the magic of movies and stuff too. Cause like yeah. our, our friend Jim, uh, we were talking about something about this one time and he's like, yeah, I mean, just think about how much editing matters because mm. if you take a, f- if you do two seconds of a door, it's an mm. establishing shot. Right. If you do 45 seconds of a door, it becomes foreboding, yeah. you know, dread. Yeah. And it's, it's all it's all in presentation and stuff and so i think these things can be pretty effective from time to time yeah no i i i agree i think i think there's a level of like the uncanny you can present mm-hmm. through these kinds of things that that can be really interesting where it's just like yeah you're presented this video and depending on who's putting it out there they don't have to include like a description so it can just be like there with no context right and like you're saying like it can have a title that has nothing seemingly nothing to do with the content and then you watch it and you're just like what 
the hell did I just watch? Yeah. Like there's a level of like giving your brain something unexpected and confusing and then letting that just hang there and the lack of explanation and closure Mm. kind of keeping it there and making it have a bigger impact than it otherwise would have. Yeah. And I, I saw, I came across one recently that, um, I'm pretty sure it's just uh, guerrilla marketing for a movie that yep. that was pretty good. Um, and the thing that was so interesting about it, and I think this is where uh, the, if you want to call it horror of this movie, kind of lives, um, is that this one I was I saw had a Twitter aspect built into it. Mm. So there was this thing that happened, supposedly, mm-hmm. and there was a Twitter account that was trying to shed light, quote unquote, on what had happened. Oh, no. And saying that they were related to one of the people who was involved and they mm. had all these things. And now you've got a person built into it and they are creating more sense of the unknown because they're only giving information they want to give. Right. And you have no idea if this person's for real, if this is fake, if this is part of a game, yeah. if they're withholding on purpose. Yep. And what this is a really long way <laughs> around of, of me getting to. I think... What makes this stuff kind of scary is that the difference between these sort of um, online games and mm-hmm. movies is that if you're watching a movie, it's a completely, you're protected by the screen. Yes. And there is, it's a completely voyeuristic experience. Yeah. However, when you get into this stuff, the computer allows for two way travel. Yeah. And that's why in this movie, Shit starts getting scary when yep. people start talking to her. Yes. Like she has, she has, I should say person starts talking to her, <laughs> but she has, she's watching this stuff as a voyeur and then mm-hmm. she becomes involved in it and then someone starts talking back to her. Right. And the complete uh, anonymity and unknowability of who this person is, why they're contacting you. Yeah. Is this part of a game? Is this not? And we come to find out in this movie that that's a two-way street in and of itself. Right. And I think that's the most interesting thing to me about this is it really does make you think about this sort of malleable mm-hmm. reality that exists on the com- online and on the computer. And I'm sorry I've talked for way too no, long. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this movie struck a chord in at least some it's way, shape, or sharp. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, no, I think I think that's a really great point about the sort of like how it becomes frightening because it's two way, and I also think that there's a level of volition to it that like when you sit down to watch a movie, you're sort of aware that a whole a ton of money went into it, and uh, there's a whole team of people who built it for you. And you either sit and watch it in a movie theater or you sit and watch it on your TV. And it is a production that was created for you. Mm -hmm. And you sit and you consume it and then you're done with it. It it ends. Yeah. Whereas this kind of thing. Yeah. There's that that two way element that this movie highlights where once she starts communicating with someone else is when it gets frightening. But she's also choosing like because they're like YouTube videos, essentially they're short Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's an autoplay, but like 
autoplay learns from like what you watch. Right. So there's something of yourself you've put into it. And then the computer takes those, that information and presents you with other things it thinks you're going to want to watch. Which is an interesting thing in and of itself because then it's kind of like the computer is communicating with you too. Right. About what type of person it thinks you are. Right. And that might not match up with your own conception of yourself or your own understanding of what you like Mm -hmm. and what you want to see more of. Like, I don't know if you're on TikTok at all. No, I don't have an account, but every now and then I'll, something will come up in the zeitgeist, but the TikTok algorithm is fascinating and terrifying. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And there's like stories of tons of people being like, TikTok knew I was gay before I did. (laughs) Like seriously, there's all sorts of stuff like that. We all knew. Yeah. And we're fine with it. (laughs) We still love love you. you no matter what. Um, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's this weird, like you're, when you watch a movie in the traditional way, sure, there's like big aggregate numbers about ticket sales and how much how much money a movie made. But when you watch a YouTube video, you're giving some information about yourself specifically. Right. And if you watch enough of them, it's narrowing, the algorithm is sort of narrowing down into a more clear definition of who you are in terms of your interests and tastes. Yeah. And that's a weird, like uncanny Valley thing that you're getting right there. You're getting this weird reflection of a computer's understanding of who you are. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that kind of questioning (laughs) deeply embedded in this movie, just in the sense that Casey clearly does not know who, who she is. She doesn't really know what kind of person she is yet. Um, and like how much of what has is happening to her in her mind is real or is imaginary, and we don't know that either. We don't know, right? Yeah, we don't know if she's cognizant of the fact that she's playing a game and what parts of it feel like a game to her, and what parts of it maybe don't. Yeah. So I, I find all that stuff really fascinating. Yeah, and I think that's something that um. <clears throat> It's it's not scary, but it does really recontextualize everything you've just watched for the past eighty minutes or so. Mm-hmm. When JLB, I <laughs> hilariously, a lot of the reviews, at least on Reddit, but also a couple like re- real published reviews, refer yeah. to him as JBL. <laughs> and all I can think about is Bradshaw the wrestler, JBL. Yep, yep. very different movie. Um, <laughs> but now that you've said that, I'm going to swap it all the time. Oh, definitely. Yep. Um, but when when JLB drops character, yes. to check on her, yes, and they have that kind of, and she just basically like nukes the the bridge because yeah. I, you you don't know if it's because she's embarrassed uh-huh. or if it's because she honestly thinks that this guy is cre- like it's it's it really makes you think about what yeah. did I just watch? Yes, was this her? Does she know that this is a game? Yep. Does she think it's real? Is she just doing this to be part of the thing? Right. Is she really... uh, Is she having some sort of mental health crisis? Right, yeah. Or all of the above even. Right. You know? And it's... And yeah, it's very fascinating. Yeah, and the the movie will not give you an answer to that. Right, yeah. The movie refuses to tell you. There's, There's no moment where she sits down in the kitchen with her dad after all of this has happened and says, dad, I think there's something wrong with me. I think I need help. Right. She doesn't do that. She doesn't go to school, you know, the next day and say to her friend, 
in math class, like, oh my God, I have to tell you what happened with the World's Fair game. The guy I was playing the game with turned out to be like a total freak. Right. Like there's no moment where you get closure on like and what's happening with her. It's so interesting. Like the last 10 minutes of this movie are so interesting to me. Yes. Because you've got that moment and then you've got this like JLB reacts so devastated yes. at what he's just done for reasons we don't really know. Like there yeah. he's she disappears she cuts him off completely. Yeah. Yep. And that's it and he reacts as though like he doesn't know what happened to her. Is he reacting yeah. this way because he cares about her? Is he reacting this way because he uh, thinks that maybe she did kill herself or maybe is going to do something bad? Right. Is he doing this because maybe he is a pedophile? We right. Was he trying to groom her into a right. closer personal relationship and he felt like he had sunk all this time into her and now she was rejecting him? And then from there, you get this monologue video that he records. Yes. That... You know, you say there's no closure to yeah. this story. Yeah. He, for, I'm assuming, it seems fairly clear, but who's to say, mm-hmm. creates his own closure. Yes. Where he dictates the story about, that's basically pulled out of like a romance novel. Yeah. About how they met in real life and it was beautiful and they yeah. just, you know, it feels they ate, like, like a- dollar pizza slices yeah, by like the canal or something. As, as I was watching that that scene, I was like, man, this sounds like something somebody would write on Reddit. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's the whole point. It's supposed yeah. to. But it's, and I know like, I feel like we, we've jumped all the way to the end of the movie and through a bunch of different like- It's okay. Cause yeah. like, I think, you know- <laughs> It's a pretty short movie. It's pretty short and like, uh, quote unquote, not a lot happens, yeah. but it gives you a lot of stuff to talk about. But I, I also think like that and that ending, I love it. I love the ending of this, actually. The more mm. I think about it, for, for the movie that it is, like, I'm not saying I love the whole movie. Right. I think it has some problems. But given the movie that you watch for the first 80 minutes, that last 10 minutes, I think, is perfect. Because the other thing it does is it it plays with both the the power differentials between the two of them based on their genders and ages. Mm. And I think the age thing especially is huge here because like he's freaked out by, he's genuinely freaked out by her videos. Right. Like the whole point is that this is supposed to be a horror role playing game. Right. Yeah. And it's gotten to him. Something about what she's doing has, has gotten him to break character. He's concerned enough that he was, he, that he's, Which in and of itself is interesting because based on what we see about the area in which he engages with this game, he thinks about it a lot. Right. Well, and he he even when he first kind of sends her a video to get her attention and she kind of looks up his profile, you know, goes goes to his account. He has a video where he talks about how this is an in-game profile. So don't contact him unless you're in game like oh, you're yeah, in character sure. and you want to get scared right and then she's the one who ends up freaking him out right and i think that's an interesting reversal based on the fact that she's the teenage girl yeah <laughs> talking to a strange middle-aged man on the internet um so i love i like all of that stuff but i also was thinking when you were talking about his sort of like romance novel we're assuming created and ending mm-hmm. and closure to their story together it's in my opinion it kind of shows the difference between how like younger people and i i sort of hate the like the way we 
classify generations, but I think mm-hmm. it's a useful shorthand in a conversation like this where she's extremely Gen Z. Yes. Like she's very young. She's very much in that cohort. Mm-hmm. And the way in which she tells a story seems to be kind of different than how he tells a story. Right. Like every time they communicate, he's sort of saying this, she kind of calls him out on this too, where he's always sort of saying the same thing where it's like, I'm worried about you. Something's going wrong. Something's happening to you. The fair Mm -hmm. is going to get you. You need to keep making videos. And she's making videos and they're all, some of them are similar, but there are like different types of videos and her, her presentation is much more like offbeat. Yeah. But also yeah. feels more realistic, even when it's kind of non sequitur, like we were saying before. Yeah. Whereas his are very, like, he's literally scripted. Right. He literally has a notepad file open and right. a script that he reads off of. Whereas she's just being very ad hoc and, like, natural, which is, I think, what makes her things so convincingly scary for him. Yeah. And then he's, you know, this sort of like elder millennial or young Gen Xer. I don't know how old he was. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> Apparently he's 35. Is he really? He feels a lot older. He feels a lot older. <laughs> when I saw an interview with the director where she mentioned that he was 35 or may I read it or something, I was like, ouch. <laughs> I was thinking like 45, to be honest, given his house and his Yeah, his I mean, it made me feel things. bad for a couple reasons. One, because yeah. I was like, I thought he was older, and B, I was like, he's got a really nice house. Yeah. But regardless, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a huge difference in the way in which he thinks a story should be told. Right. And the fact that at the end, she can reject him completely. Mm-hmm. And as far as we know, never genuinely contact him again and he can't let it go he has to write this sort of pat cliched ending for the two of them Mm. because he can't leave it and I, i think there's something in there about like the way different people tell stories on the internet now like, sure. like the generation that has been raised on creepypasta and weird youtube videos and the sensibility it's kind of bred within them versus people who are probably more used to conventional forms of media sure is this you calling me out because of my concern <laughs> that people don't know how stories work anymore <laughs> i just think you're way too conventional i guess yeah and i think there's also it's it's interesting too when you talk about the dynamics but the different power dynamics sort of there um, yeah. I think there's, I have to, I find myself wondering why is she the person he breaks character for? Yeah. And is there something about him being so much older and a man and her being so much younger and a girl mm-hmm. where he starts to feel some sort of responsibility right? in like a, almost like a parental kind of way Yeah. to make sure that this girl's okay? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It's, Who's to it, say? I think the subtext is, is you could argue it a couple different ways. Because when he does break character to talk to her, he says, you know, I had a tough time in high school too. You get these stupid thoughts sometimes. Right. Yeah. So there's a level of like, does he just sort of see in her maybe some similar struggles that he had when he was younger and is kind of still having? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and feel like sort of a, a, a parental or paternal responsibility of trying to reach out and help someone? Or is it a weird attempt to draw her closer to get her to, to open up to him not in character, but as the person she actually is to confide in him, to build a relationship Yeah. either because he's really just that lonely or because he has some sort of ulterior motive. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. And it's also, I mean, for her, on her end, the way that she responds to him, I think is, is pretty honest because yeah. of kind of what I was talking about where you, you end up in this situation where you are letting a person into your space. Like the yeah. reason, the reason that um, <clears throat> I was talking about the movies being like a one-way voyeuristic thing, mm-hmm. the reason there's a reason why in horror movies it's so effective when someone breaks the fourth wall or like, you know, looks, or literally or, breaks the fourth wall when Samara in the ring climbs out of a yeah. TV. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> they're doing whatever, whatever, and then they look down the barrel of the camera. Mm. You get chills. Yeah. Because this is a safe space where you, they are not supposed to be able to see us. Right. And right, there's a whole argument that that's why people like horror movies in right, general right. is the the sense of like you can have all the fear and then all the catharsis and right. be totally safe. And here, I think that's kind of what she gets a little bit yeah. when he breaks character, where it's no, now this is a real person you're talking to yes. who is interacting with you, who is part of this, who is seeing all this stuff, and immediately yeah. the walls go right up. Because yeah. I mean, I, I it happens. It doesn't even have to be in this kind of situation. I mean. I, I've I've known people who I've talked to online mm-hmm. for hours every day. Yeah, and then you know, even if it is someone who I who I knew in real life beforehand, but we yeah. haven't seen each other in a long time. Yeah, talked to him for hours online, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to be in town. We should meet up, and then we meet up, and it's like, uh, how's yeah. it going? You know, like there's it's my it's god. Very I mean, how different. many how many times do you hear that people match with somebody on a dating app? Oh yeah, absolutely. And they have yeah. like a great rapport and they feel like all this chemistry and they're super excited and then they meet the person and even if the person's exactly how they presented themselves on the dating app, mm-hmm. sometimes it just falls flat. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a weird um sense of security that the screen brings you and when someone absolutely knocks that down, yes. that's why that's why people are so comfortable being assholes on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, if yeah. somebody knocks that safety net down Mm -hmm. it gets weird real fast well i remember so this is a little bit of like uh uh, so what i'm saying is mm. anyone who listens to the show and don't want to meet you ever in real life (laughs) just kidding but so i i I think one of the reasons this movie intrigued me so much and i wanted to watch it so badly was because i was sort of a precocious kid on the internet yeah in the early 2000s sure as was the director as she's mentioned in interviews and stuff yeah interesting so like I was a was slash am a giant nerd, and when I was younger, I wrote fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Um, which means that I was all over like Live Journal and sure. a couple like websites and like a, and message boards. And I had people who I talked to regularly, oh, yeah. and oh, I yeah. had people who I would send stuff to to be like, "Can you f- help me find typos?" or like, "Is this any good?" Blah blah blah. And I was like twelve. Yeah. And I never told, like, my mom was very much like, you do not tell people your real name and where you live and your age. None of that. Like, she hammered that into me and I never did. But I remember, I distinctly remember a couple times having these relationships with people. 
And then finding out that they were like 35 yeah. and freaking out because they'd start talking to me about their real life. Yeah. And I remember that being, it was interesting, the emotional swing of that. Because mm. like when you start talking to somebody and you, you realize that they're much older than you, but they think you're a good writer or they think your videos are really interesting or they want to engage with you in some way. Mm-hmm. It's like a rush of validation sure. that you are special and you are different than the other kids your age, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that can feel really, really good in, in a very addictive way. And then on when the pendulum kind of swings too far to the other side where it starts becoming too real, that person starts talking to you, not just about the game or the fandom or whatever you're into, but their real adult concerns about things. Right. And if you're still that young, it's both like embarrassing and also scary yeah because you realize that this is a strange adult on the other end of the internet (laughs) who might not even be what they are saying they are and and i think that's it's interesting because i could see that very clearly in her reaction when jlb was like i almost called the cops on your videos yeah and then she gets she goes from like upset and kind of freaked out to really angry really fast yeah yeah. And that rang pretty true to me that it would be like a defense mechanism to just be like, nope, shut it all down. Yeah. <laughs> We're done well, here. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a uh, first gen, well, maybe set, depending on where you want to draw the line. I was an AOL kid. <clears throat> Got and, it. And uh, so I grew up with the internet having. Screeching noises. Screeching noises. And if anybody picked up the phone, you'd lose your connection. Yeah. But along with that. <laughs> A healthy distrust of people on the internet. Mm. Like I, it's funny because I found it so interesting to see how internet culture changed in that way. Yeah. Because I feel like most of the people my age only talk to people on the internet who they knew in real life. Yeah. Like there was, I remember there was a small window where I talked to people who I'd never met before, Mm -hmm. but it very quickly turned into, I have a list of friends. All of these people are people Mm -hmm. I know in real life. These are the people I talk to. Yeah. And uh, it's still to this day kind of weird for me Mm. when someone will message me or email me about something that I did or said on a show or something that that I wrote or drew. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that this was a communicate. You know what I mean? Right, like it's- right. <laughs> that that some somebody could reach out to me directly about this. Yeah, which thank- like you know intellectually, but when it happens from a stranger, yeah, it's it's always been like it's always been fine. Yeah, you know, I've never had any issues or anything. You're all lovely people, <laughs> but like when we started putting, so for instance, when when Wes and I were doing video, we would do video mm. for our podcast. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit weird for me because yeah. I would go onto some of these vid- these YouTube videos that we put up, and I would look at some of the comments, and I would, again, nothing really too weird, but yeah. like the way that they're some of the things they're saying, I'm like, this is, I, I forgot that people are going to see this. It's really easy with the internet to feel like you're just shouting into the void, right? Yeah, and it's it's validating and terrifying when people shout back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's so it's it is a weird i don't i don't totally know how people get used to it because yeah, I don't know. you know we have and i, I was think gonna say if you don't know how people get used to it then i don't i really don't because your your all aspects of your work are extremely public facing well you know i think it's it's a couple things right because for me most of my interactions on the internet are with people who i know to a certain extent 
Um, I very rarely get people who respond to tweets that I put out who I haven't encountered before. Yeah. Uh, I very rarely get comments on Instagram stuff who are people who I haven't encountered before. You know, we have our Discord, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, I guess it's the difference of having seen the screen name more than once, I guess. (laughs) But which in and of itself is kind of weird to think about because it's like there are people on Discord who I have relationships with that are, I would consider, friends to an extent. Uh, If you want to be really good friends, (laughs) pay more money. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can tell me all about your real life. I'll listen. Oh, my God. Um, But like YouTube is like yeah. the wasteland or like the wild west where it's yes. like there are people who pop up and say stuff where it's like I don't know who this person is. Right, because there is an algorithm just feeding them <clears throat> yeah. videos maybe. They maybe say they, they have listen no idea to the show. They listen to the show and they've been listening to this and they've been noticing this stuff and I'm like this is weird to have a completely faceless yeah. set of letters giving me notes, you well, know. <laughs> and that's that's essentially what Casey in the movie has. Right, yeah. Because yeah. when when she talks to when she posts videos and she talks to JLB, she's putting her face on them. Yeah. And he's not. He's always behind an avatar. Right. Which I think is really interesting yeah. because you know, she knows from the first time they speak that he's a man. Mm-hmm. I think she probably assumes pretty quickly based on his voice and other stuff that he's older than her mm-hmm. because she's pretty young, but she doesn't know how old right. he is. Like, I, I don't even know how old she's supposed to be. I assume she's high school aged yeah. in the movie. Say she's like 16 or 17. She could think he's like 22. Sure. From, for a 16 year old, 22 is old. Yeah. So she might, you know, when they break character when and he starts saying this stuff, it might kind of hit her that like, Oh wait a minute! This is an adult man who could be like my dad's age, right? And I've just been not interrogating why he would want to talk to me or be involved with me at all. Yeah. Um, which is another th- reason why I think she gets so upset with him is that he talks about reporting her or calling the police, and I think she has that very knee-jerk kid reaction of like, "Wait, you want to get me in trouble with my dad? Right? What the hell, man? I thought we were friends." <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, I'd be grounded forever. I wouldn't get to go on the internet anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think it, it gives you a lot of stuff to really chew on. Yeah. Um. So uh, I, I want to read a couple of these these uh, uh, things that I found. Oh, yeah. Because um, the question is, is it too ambiguous? Mm. Is there not a... Is there, do they not give you enough, quote unquote, story? Because hmm. I feel like ultimately they do. I don't think yeah. it's, I think it's, you got to work for it a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think that they are giving you, I mean, I guess it depends on what you, th- what you think the point of the movie is or what like the goal of yeah. the movie is, right? Yeah. Because it's not to tell necessarily like a, a narrative, narrative, classical narrative story. Right. Um, so this one person said uh this movie truly kind of has let me down and i've desperately been looking for people's takes on it to try and validate and reason why this could be considered good but no one real is really giving a very critical explanation yeah we all love alex g who did the music we do love alex g uh yeah this movie literally just reminds me of music of the music video hollow and the filmmaker did exactly what they should have commissioning alex g scored <laughs> but my favorite part of a film shouldn't exactly be the score lol 
laugh out loud. The opening scene and opening credits where the song hits are so promising, and then her walking along the fence, so good, but uh, then it sort of just meanders. I am scouring the internet trying to find some kind of lore or some kind of Mm -hmm. analysis that could really shed a new light on this film, and I hope I'll find it sometime. I want to know more about JLB. Is he a pedophile? Was his son involved with the internet challenge and it resulted in a suicide? And that's why he's casually typing away to Casey in a seemingly young teenager's bedroom. Did he make the challenge? Why is his house so big? And what is going on with this strange man? I love that comment. How do you come away with all those questions and go, this movie sucks? Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, it's like, that's what I'm talking about where it's like, it's, it's, Right, and that that yeah. thing about like oh was you know maybe his son was a victim of this too or something is or like he lost a child like that's a fascinating take yeah because my reading on that was more that he was sort of in a state of arrested development and hadn't really grown mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. but it's like yeah no he actually he lives in this gigantic house that's very adult yeah. it's a very grown up house and then he yeah he's his computer room is like looks like a teenage boy's bedroom with right. like trophies and stuff in it yeah. And, like, I had sort of used that as evidence that he was either immature or was potentially a pedophile, like, trying to sort of stay in that, like, mindset of, like, well, I'm also, like, a teenager still, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. But that's a really interesting read, and this person's like... I I pull at my collar as I look at my (laughs) office full of toys and movie posters. No, you know what I mean. (laughs) We all have houses full of toys and movie posters. That's true. That's true. There's, there's a difference. You you don't have, you know, the vibe in that room was very much like, yeah, still a kid whose parents came in and made them clean it and right. like kind of had decorated it for them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and a glass of warm milk every night. <laughs> Another person says this film is very unclear as to whether the main character really believed in the game or was simply just playing into its apparent zeitgeist. That's what I find so fascinating. Um, is yeah. that it is the the uncertainty of this that is bothering people and yes. coming off as quote unquote bad. Yeah, which is interesting because that, that actually mimics the structure of the World's Fair game and right. other things like right. it that are on the internet where like you come across these things and they don't fully explain themselves and so you dig deeper. You look for more yeah. YouTube videos, you look for th- blogs people have written about it to try and figure out more. Yeah. Uh, this person says, when I watched it after so much high praise, I was kind of shocked. To me, it's not even a movie because there's no plot, no story, no development, nothing. It promises things at the beginning that doesn't de- that don't develop. It shows things that make no sense with what's happening, and the ending feels just ridiculous to me. I, I think it's unfair to say that, that this has no plot, no story, no development because I think it's all there. Yeah. I just don't think it's in the way that that is is generally um most movies would present it to you. Yeah, I I will I will agree with the it doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of plot. True, yes. You know, yeah. like it not yeah. a lot happens. She posts some videos, she has a couple conversations with JLB and then she shuts him down. And- yeah. I think it. I think that's where you get into the argument between plot and story, right? Cuz like right. I think there's a lot of story here. Yeah. But as far as moment to moment, you know, bullet points, not right. too many. Right, yeah. Um so this is the last one which I think would mm. would uh would lead us into the next thing we should talk about. They shouldn't have billed this as a horror. Mm-hmm. I feel a bit misled and disappointed. 
I get that it's a window into weird internet culture, but it dragged so much. I feel like the story didn't really go anywhere, and the culmination conversation with JLB was abrupt and ambiguous. Did she believe any of it? Was she pretending? What is even the point of reaching the center of the fair? That's interesting because it's that's lore inside the game that they're yes. looking for. Uh, what happens to what happens if you do, and why would you play? Even if it's all made up, I feel like we needed some lore about what she is doing so we can <laughs> care about it. Overall, uh, one out of five. Wow, and that, that's I, that's what I find interesting. It's like that's yeah. like it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, and it's so interesting because it really, like like I was saying, it really does mimic how people treat these sorts of things on the internet yeah. in real yeah. life, yeah. which is fascinating that, that you know, the, the, the writer and director created this film that mimics kind of what the film is about. Right, right. Yeah. But I do think it does bring something up, which is, yes. is this a horror movie? Yeah. And I think possibly some of the problems that that person was, was writing down are due to the uh, the marketing of this movie kind of making it look like yeah. a paranormal activity type movie. Yeah, which is funny because she which she name checks, which bunch. made me feel ex- extremely old. <laughs> um, because or like a slender like a riff on a slender man thing or something. Yes. And even as it started going, as we were watching it, having mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was about. Um, I was like, okay, this is very slow. Yep, I'm kind of waiting for things to get going. Yep, and then she goes into the barn. Mm-hmm. And she gets the first video from JLB. Yes. Where it's that fucking weird, trippy. Yeah, it's like a distorted image of her face from one of her videos. Yeah. And her eyes are like black pits. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it keeps saying, like, you're in trouble. Or yes. Con- you need to, t- we that need to talk. Yeah. That shit's scary. Like, that, that got me. I was like, okay, interesting. Yeah. Let's see where this is going. Yeah, we were joking because the ASMR video was before that. And you were like, if someone did this, I would like to me at night when I had a nightmare, I would throw them out of bed. It was so loud. (laughs) It was the loudest ASMR video I've ever seen. But that one happened and then it switched to JLB's video. And I was like, what if someone did this to you at night in bed? Yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, But like at that point, I was like, okay, interesting. This is, I will see, this is starting to pick up. Yeah, you kind of think that that's the point at which it's going to get even more sort of the game is going to come out of the computer. Yeah. And you're, or she's, things are going to start spiraling out of right. control a like bit. She's going to start thinking she sees Tetris blocks in her belly. Right, right. Something. And that's like a really, um, I don't, I, I hate to say cliche, but like it's a very- uh, Conventional. Conventional is the yeah. word I'm looking for. Way to do a story like this. But this that's clearly not the story that, that she wanted, to, the director wanted to tell. Yeah. But- but if it's marketed that way and that's yeah. what you're coming into and that's not what you're getting, yeah. you're not exactly primed for something that's a lot slower and a lot more, for lack of a better word, arty or yeah. uh, deliberate and considered. Yeah, I was expecting... A character study about isolation and yes. mental illness is yes. not what you're coming to... When when you see something uh, slender manny, yeah, I I was so for me I was expecting, I was expecting this movie to sort of dance around the question of whether or not she was having some sort of breakdown or mm-hmm. something was really happening to her, right? Yeah. But I expected those moments to be more, more from her perspective and more hallucinatory and maybe involve some more body horror. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Once once we got the other videos where people are acting weird. 
Yeah. I was expecting something like, okay, is this going to get really fucking weird? Exactly. Like, is she going to start seeing bugs crawling under her skin? Is she going to start hearing voices? Like, I, I was kind of expecting some of that kind of style stuff more. But the other thing this movie does is that's really interesting is you watch Casey, but you are also a voyeur. You're never sort of fully allowed into her perspective. Right. So <clears throat> she's just as unknowable to us as she was to JLB. Yeah. Like we are watching her the same way he is. I'm actually kind of a little surprised that they give us stuff that isn't just... Her videos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough... It'd be tough to to it'd be a tough movie to do. Yeah, I mean, they, and they don't give much. No, they really don't. You know, there's they, like her walking down by the fence and her kind of walking in and out of the woods a couple times to set up videos, and mm-hmm. her going to the barn. And they but do shoot it that, in a way that feels yeah. in line with everything else. Very kind of like uh, low budget. Yes, documentary somebody's style. iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. It's so tough because it is, I think that quote you read earlier on really hits this dead on with that, um, how did they, how did they put it that, that this is in that cursed, cursed area in between genres, slightly cursed. Yeah. Where it gives you more to think of. It's, it's more interesting to think about after you've seen it than to watch it. Right. And it makes it really hard to define because like, I think a lot of folks, especially folks who tune in to listen to this for the movies that we do off of the main list. Mm -hmm. I think there's probably a pretty good percentage of people who would not like this movie. Yeah. I think there's a just basically regular normies too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking even like horror movie fans. Yeah. Like people, Mm -hmm. people who are into horror movies and who are up for something maybe experimental and a little different than they're used to and are Mm -hmm. sort of always looking for something new. Yeah. I think there's still a pretty good percentage of that population who would watch this and be like, yeah. look, I, I get what you're going for, but I don't think this is a horror movie. Like, this is yeah. a drama. This is a coming of age story. Yeah. I don't know how it's sort of like an it, unsettling art house film. Yeah. Because there, there are long stretches of this movie, especially in the front half, I think, that feel tense. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like you're waiting for something. Right. You're waiting for something to, to do something weird on the screen of her computer. You're waiting for something weird to start happening to her. And I think you you create that tension for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But then after a while, it's kind of like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I think it's an unfortunate classification. Yeah. Because... Um, when you classify something as horror, I feel like uh, uh, it's kind of like that that famous quote about por- pornography. Mm. I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like that kind of happens with horror movies where there's at least a certain level of expectation about what where it what kind of falls on the under that umbrella yeah and i honestly don't I, I tend to be kind of generous with that you do and i don't think i would put it yeah put this as a horror movie yeah i know there there are movies you've you've been like yeah i can see this as a horror movie and they're more often i'm kind of the one being yeah. like no i don't think so the teasdale institute scale this is not a <laughs> horror movie 
Oh God! If it was up to Wes, this would have been. You know, I don't know. He might. He actually might inter- be interested in. This oh movie. no, no, no! I, it, I, I, I think he'd be interested in the movie, but I think he'd punt it way off of our podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really it's really an interesting movie. Um, I don't I don't know how I would classify it. Yeah. And I think classifications uh, are kind of a byproduct of video stores to begin with. Yeah. Um. Well, and again, and I know I feel I, like I have to smash the the <laughs> smash the video store classification patriarchy here. But yeah, I I feel like I keep kind of harping on this that I do feel like there's a generational divide in mm-hmm. like how we consider stories and 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 how how we tell them and how we describe them. Yeah, like I think that we tend to desire genres sure, and categories yeah. as a way to sort of have a shorthand. Yep. You would like this. You might not like that. If you want this type of movie, here's a, bu- a bucket of movies. If you want this other type of movie, here's a bucket of movies. Sure. And I think like similarly, like now you're seeing more of these sorts of movies that are kind of in between a couple genres or doing something totally different. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's more common now. And I think especially with music as well, mm. there's a lot of music now that like with, with some of the music, like what would you call it? When, right. When we were yeah. younger, it was like, there was like grunge and indie rock and metal. Pop and music. then there was like pop music that was like Britney Spears and boy bands only. Yeah. And then there was like stuff your parents would listen to. And then there was country. Right. And oldies. And like, that was it like those those were what you got to choose from and now there's like i don't know there's there's a million like even alex g who does the soundtrack to this movie like what would you classify this music as yeah i don't know like yeah apparently he himself was also a internet person like he got his uh, are you familiar with him vaguely yes Uh, i i didn't i've never i'm too old (laughs) but i guess the people i guess that's what we're learning in this episode is that clay is too old well you know time to retire him listen when I was a kid, you needed a uphill both ways. You needed an AOL or Netscape CD that you got in the mail to get on really? the internet. Do you know that? No. Oh a man, CD. That's how the internet took over. Is because AOL would send CDs to people's houses. I don't remember. This. And it was a free trial of America Online. We had it through Comcast. That's way later. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking like I'm talking like 96, 97, where in order to get on the internet, like the first time most people got on the internet, as far as I, the people I knew, got a CD in the mail, like a free CD. Wow. That was a free, like a free month or whatever of America Online. Maybe this, we never had AOL in yeah. my house. Comcast, if you're saying Comcast, that's yeah. well past. Yeah. I don't think we ever had AOL. Because like, I don't remember us ever having the dial up. Sure. Yeah. Like I I don't. Mm-hmm. I remember going to friends houses and they were like, "Oh, we're still on dial-up. Oh my god, it's so annoying." Yeah. And the screaming of the thing. Man, we got a T1 modem. Oh my god, best day of my life. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it was like the it was like the first generation of T1000 cable modems. I don't even remember. I don't know how this shit works. <laughs> but yeah, it was literally that's how the internet took over yeah. is they gave it to everybody for free and hooked them and then they couldn't live without it afterwards. Yep. Once they were like, "Wait a minute." You're going to send me a CD and I can see boobs? So they pretty much did the like stereotypical stereotype of like what a drug dealer does. Just oh, like 100%. give you a couple free yes. f- free samples and then are yep. like <laughs> Yeah. 
and most of I I would be shocked if the reason it um if the reason that it it, it blew up the way it did wasn't mm. because kids just got onto it. Yeah. And so it's like you do this for a week, the parents don't know what the fuck's going on. The kids are <laughs> yep. like, We I need this, this thing is amazing and then they're like, All right, what is it, like ten bucks a month? Sure, whatever. Yeah. And that's keep just, my kid entertained. I Here you legitimately go. don't even know how we paid for it. Like I think you paid for it through the phone company. I don't even know. All I yeah, when I, I was mean, a ours kid was on our cable bill. So. Yeah, I just <laughs> you put the CD in. It was on there. You 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 plug the phone line in, and you're good to go. The first uh, the first time I went onto the internet, I just want to say I'm so glad I made you watch this movie because this is <laughs> hilarious to me. The first time I went onto the internet without having to like boot up AOL or use the phone thing uh-huh. was like the monkeys seeing the obelisk in 2001. <laughs> it was unbelievable because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I see Internet Explorer. What do I have to do to use it? Like, oh, I just double click on it. I'm, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cable internet. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? So it's changed quite a bit. But yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, like you and I are a couple years apart, but we're not that distant in age. Right, yeah. From each other. And we still early on had like totally different experiences yeah. of the internet. There's, uh, it's, it's wild to me because I feel, maybe this is just a younger person talking mm. and not really having a full understanding of, of how things have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. But it feels to me that the change in technology in the last 30 years mm. is so much faster than anything that happened like 100 years before then. Because like I think yeah. about I think about my parents and the change in technology that they experienced yeah. up through my age now. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it it jumped nearly as quickly as it did for us. Yeah, that's interesting. I I wonder that I could be wrong. I was going to say that's one of those things that sounds and feels true. Yeah. But I, I could imagine it also sounding and feeling true for our parents right, when they were our ages and felt like compared to their own parents, right. the, the, the cycle of progress had accelerated for them. Yeah, because I mean, you think you know, when, I, when I think about this, that stuff, I'm thinking about like, okay, computers, movies, music, all that kind of stuff. How does that change? Music went from cassettes when I was a kid mm-hmm. to CDs to digital music to whatever you would call it now. Yeah, streaming. Clay. Streaming. It's called yeah. streaming. It's music. It has no weight anymore. That's why. <laughs> that's why I buy vinyl. Um, <laughs> For the weight. Ba- yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like that feels like a giant, like a light years yeah. very quickly. But at but the, the same hilarity time, of the fact that we're buying vinyl is also right. Is it's, also yeah, in there. It all comes back. Yeah. Everything because music's worthless. <laughs> it is. That's that's what it is. This that's took why a turn. People, hey, hey, well, we can. I'll rant about the internet for hours. Old man yells at cloud. Yeah. That's why concert tickets are so expensive is because nobody God. buys music anymore. Yeah. Um, and people buy vinyl because they want to- A tangible a, to, thing. Yeah, yeah. That they can own. Yes. And anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I think about that jump, which feels like light speed. Yeah. Is it that much different than our parents who went from vinyl albums to eight tracks to cassette yeah. tapes to CDs? Right. That's- I would argue probably yes, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting question, and I also think it kind of ties back to, like, I, I, I think so much of it has to do with, like, your formative years mm. and, and your experience of technology when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Because, like, our parents could not imagine being 15 years old. 
right. and having the sort of access that Casey in this movie has. Right. And that even that we had when we were kids, when you were 15, you were on the internet. Right. Yeah. When I was 15, I was making friends with people in Ukraine and like the Czech Republic. It was weird. You know, it was Mm -hmm. just like you could talk to anybody from anywhere. And, you know, that was just not feasible. So I think it's this interesting thing because then it sets you up for a totally different expectation of like, what is communication like? Mm -hmm. What is storytelling and art like? What does it mean to be friends with somebody? Like, does it mean that you physically see this person all the time and you know their family and you know their real name? Or can you have a genuine connection with somebody and only know them as their screen name? And, right. and never know if they're actually who they're saying they are. And does that matter? Yeah. And if you could, do you, can you talk to this person every day for three years? Yeah. And then one day realize you haven't talked to them in five days or right. three weeks or six months. And maybe you never hear from them again. Yeah. And does that bother you? Right. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Do you try to track them down? Does that make you feel weird? Right. That you're even trying? Because this was quote unquote, just my internet friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Internet's a very strange and scary place. And I think that's what this movie is about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. So, so for the people who aren't sure, I think part of what this movie is about is that the internet is a strange and scary place. Yeah. I would be curious. I would be curious what the ages of the people who re- reacted so negatively in that way about not having yeah. explained enough. Of- I read. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. But I briefly was skimming reviews of this, like like just normal people reviews of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I came across like a string of them that was like, yeah. And then you find out at the end that the curse was real. I mean, who cares? And I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> there were like a bunch of different reviews I read where they were like, yeah, the World's Fair thing is real in the movie. Okay, cool. And I was like, how did you get that though? Like, I would love to have, like, I want, I want to know more about how someone would read that from this movie. Well, the one that I found really interesting, it didn't even occur to me. I mean, it, it occurred to me a little bit. But yeah. I feel like this is like an internet snowball thing. Yeah. Is the room that he's in where the computer. Yeah. I did have the thought, is he, is this like his son's room? Yes. I did not think about whether or not he was in there because his son committed suicide from the game. Yeah, no. Which is, for people who th- say there's not enough to chew on in the movie, seems like you did a little bit of chewing there. Right. Right. Or if maybe he didn't commit suicide from the game, but he committed suicide in general. Right. Sure. In which case, like, of course, JLB would be extra sensitive towards Casey threatening to hurt herself. Yeah. And that's such an interesting reading of the movie that I think is, I think it's very easily supported by the movie. Yeah. And now that I've, now that I, you read that, I'm like, oh shit. Do you want me (laughs) to ruin, do you want me to ruin it for you? Yes. Director said that's not the case. Dang. Yeah. And I was I watched an interview with her and somebody asked the guy asked her about it and she said no that's not the case. Yeah. I've heard people say that and this is the first time I've ever responded to it and yeah. I'm going to say no that's not the case. And I'm kind of shocked that she said that. I am too for a movie that that seems to just like really embrace ambiguity. It's yeah. interesting that she she took a stance on that one. What that says to me and this is not like a negative thing towards her or anything mm-hmm. but like that says to me that she has a very specific idea of what it is. Yeah, maybe she does. And I, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like as somebody who's done like creative writing and stuff, it's it's easy to, when you give your work, I'm sure you know this as well, when you give your work to somebody else and they 
come back to you and say, oh, yeah, I really like how you worked in themes of whatever or Mm -hmm. like the pattern of this. And you're like, I didn't do that. Sure. That's not the point at all. I actually got the opposite when Bloody Hell came out. Because I was I was worried that Bloody Hell was going to be a little bit too opaque in Mm. some aspects. Mm. And the first review I got, I I read it out loud to my girlfriend because I was like, I can't believe how much they nailed it. Like there was stuff huh. that I like it's stuff that I had talked about with her. Yeah. But I hadn't I didn't put on the page like literally. So you were like, hopefully people pick up on pieces of this at least or the mood gets across, but I'm yeah. not expecting like a a a clear accounting of all of it. Right. Yeah. And I was surprised that this person like was wow. completely locked into it. I'm not saying like I'm a fantastic writer of the ambiguous or anything, but no, I was but just I was surprised. That's really cool. That's like, a, that's a cool experience to have too. When I finished reading it, she said, "Did you write that?" I said, "No, I did not." <laughs> You're out there under a pseudonym writing reviews yeah. of your stuff. That would be hilarious. Um Is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap it up? I have to, I have to, this is, this is so stupid, but I have to mention when she does the tarot reading, mm. that bothered me so much because <laughs> I went back and I was like, this girl pulled 13 cards mm-hmm. for one reading. How, what's the, what's the usual? I mean, there are different types of spreads, but mm-hmm. like 13 is a lot. 13 is usually like, cause especially where she's like, I'm going to do a tarot reading for a person and Mm -hmm. she means jlb but like typically you come you 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 do tarot readings as like a question Mm. like you have a question or you're trying to think about a situation and you you there are you know several different layouts you can do there's different arrangements but like to just say i'm doing a tarot reading for a person no prompt, no question, no specific concerns. 13 cards is a lot of cards. <laughs> because at that point, you're going to get enough of a variety in your spread that you can read essentially anything you want into sure, it. Sure, sure. And like, I don't remember everything she pulled. I don't remember everything she said. My a knowledge of- A lot of, of cups. I remember. Yeah. A lot of cups. Yeah, there were several cups, which makes sense because cups, I think, are emotion-based. Mm-hmm. Like each each suit in tarot kind of has like a general theme. Okay. And I'm pretty sure cups are more about like your feelings, your 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 emotions, those kinds of things. But like still, if you pull 13 cards, you can that gives you so much that you can just kind of sure. pick and choose like the same five or six cards to be like, you know, these are the ones that are saying the things that I want yeah. to say about you. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I was saying last night I've been trying to think of a movie on our list to cover to have you do it at a live tower reading as <laughs> oh, we do geez. our review. Oh my god! Um, and you can pick a person in the ether to do it, for. <laughs> and just pull thirteen cards for them, and then we'll get flooded with emails of people like she knew it. <laughs> I, it was all about me. Sounds fun, <clears throat> but give me a warning because I will need to brush up on my. Mm-hmm. You have to use the, the Twin Peaks cards, though. The Twin Peaks cards aren't a full deck. Oh, they're not. Oh, they're they're like an abbreviated oh, okay deck. They're right. they're cool. They're super cool, but they're not for actual tarot readings. Yeah. I have two other decks, though, so don't worry. Sweet. Um, would you recommend this movie? Would you put it on the list? I guess no, because we said it was no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, would I recommend it? I 
don't know. I feel like I would recommend it to very specific people, but I don't yeah. think I would recommend it in general. Like, yeah. I, like even in my head, I'm going through like most of our friends. I would be like, no, no, they no. Like it. I would ninety percent, ninety five percent of them. I don't think would like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a tough one. Yes, um, I think it is. It is. We've we've talked about it for a long time now, and I feel like there's a lot of other stuff we could have said. So it's definitely a, a, a rich text. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think it's all intention too, right? Because we were talking yeah. about like if you're sitting down, you want to throw on a horror movie. Yeah. This ain't it, man. No. Uh, like I, one of the reviews, the, one of the things I saw on Reddit was someone saying that I didn't, I didn't pull the whole quote, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, I remember it, a piece of it because they said, uh, my boyfriend and I sat down to watch this and we felt very, um, uh, disappointed, lied to, and honestly violated. Oh wow! <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> wow! You were honestly violated by this. Violated. I mean, that's a hell of a movie. If you come th- away being that violated, sounds by more it. like The Hills Have Eyes or Hostel right. or something but would make you feel violated. Honestly, though, I kind of like a Serbian film. I kind of appreciated that, that a little bit because I was like, man. <laughs> Like violated. all of those movies, all of those movies you just listed off, yeah. that's kind of their goal, right? Yeah. Is to transgress make feel and feel, make you feel kind of gross. And if this movie did that. Maybe it is a horror movie. Yeah. All. What does that say about you? If you were violated by this movie, maybe it hit you too close to home and you don't want a minute. I don't yeah. know. But hey, don't nothing's know. real. It's all fake. Titanic sinking was a Babylon blood ritual. Anyway. And you're okay. Uh, Everything's yeah. fine. Yes, yes. You can go back to bed. You can go back to bed. <laughs> um, so next time, I'm not going to hit yes. the randomizer because we are in the Christmas month oh, of December. Yes. So next time, we are going to do the only remaining Christmas movie on our list. Oh, boy. Which is Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Oh, Which huh. uh, Are you familiar with this? No, not at all. I kind of don't want you to look anything up about it. Okay. Because it's, I I am aware of the concept, but I've never watched a trailer or anything. Uh, it should be interesting. All right. I, I will I will refrain from looking things up since you did me the courtesy of doing that for this one. I believe it's Finnish, I think. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Somewhere over there. Okay. Anyway. Scandinavian. Yes. Uh, but thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to help support the show. Head over to patreon.com slash the Penske file where Amanda and I are wrapping up second string of Stephen King. This is the end. We are into December, which is our final uh, movie in that series, which will be the 1990 TV special Stephen King's It, where we will also be talking about our thoughts about the whole year. Um, and talking about we will be revealing the list of our video nasties that we'll be doing for next year so uh, big announcements definitely check that out but uh, thank you guys for listening thank you Amanda thank you we'll see you next time